as we prepare for the scripture reading this morning, a reminder that the tradition is that on this Sunday we focus on John the Baptist. Remember John's role as the last of the Old Testament prophets was to shift and change the tradition, to point in a new direction, and those kinds of shifts and changes are always hard, always hard. But his role was to point, to point toward the one who is to come. And in the beginning of the Gospel of John, we hear more specifically to whom he is now focused. Please stand as you're able for the reading of the Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him is life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated. So I want to ask, again, just to think about those traditions, and particularly this time of year, I think we all have them. Do we not? I mean, when do you decorate your Christmas tree? When do you go purchase or cut your Christmas tree? Or in our case, <laughs> this is a bone of contention in the Beeman home. I think we need a live tree, or at least a tree that we go out and get, and we continue to have a fake tree. But it's okay. My job is to fluff it up. You're I, saving the right. <laughs> Thank you, Jean. But we all have those traditions, right? We all have Thanksgiving traditions. We all have Christmas traditions. 
Uh, I had the privilege of being over at, at the Petrie's house the other day. And, and Betsy, did you say you have like 37 boxes of different? 17. Oh, only 17. Okay. It was incredible walking into their home and just it was breathtaking to see. And we have those traditions as well of, of knowing where the boxes are and when we pull out those decorations and where they all go. And it's just, it's wonderful, those kinds of things. Why? Because they anchor us and they help us remember who we are. It's so incredible. And here, as we focus kind of in on John the Baptist a little bit this morning, look at the traditions of the prophecies. Everyone at that time, last week I talked about being expectors. Everyone in that time were expectors, waiting for this one who was to come, looking for the prophecies and the right prophecies that would describe this one who was to come. And then in walks this bizarre human being who, who is dressed in the wrong kind of camel hair and, and just didn't smell good and ate locusts dipped in wild honey. Mm-mm-mm. Talk about Christmas dinner. Uh, you know, it's just phenomenal. This person who was the wrong kind of sect, was the wrong kind of clothing with the wrong voice and certainly the wrong focus. And yet everything about him was correct. Every word he said was correct. That the one who was to come was going to lift us out of the valleys of our lives and take down those mountains that stand before us. That he was going to be the one who made the crooked roads straight and the rough places a plain, but all for one singular reason that we might find our way to God without obstacle. Those are the kinds of traditions John Wesley talked about. Every tradition had to be to focus toward something. But you know what? Let's see if we can find a better way to have this described to us. As I said, as we go back to one of our favorite films and the beginning of this movie that describes, well, let's see what it describes. On the roof. Sounds crazy, you know. But here, in our little village of Anatevka, you might say every one of us is a fiddler on the roof, trying to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune without breaking his neck. It isn't easy. You may ask, why do we stay up there if it's so dangerous? Well, we stay because Anatevka is our home. And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! of our traditions we've kept our balance for many many years 
Here in Anatevka, we have traditions for everything. How to sleep, how to eat, how to work. How to wear clothes. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Day and night must scramble for a living, feed a wife and children, send his daily press, and who has a right as master of the house to have the final word at home? Yenter uh, the matchmaker, Remnachum the beggar, <laughs> and most important of all, our beloved rabbi. Rabbi, may I ask you a question? Certainly, Labish. Is there a proper blessing for the Tsar? A blessing for the Tsar? Of course. May God bless and keep the Tsar. Far away from us. <laughs> <laughs>
are the others in our village. They make a much bigger circle. We don't bother them, and so far, they don't bother us. And among ourselves, we always get along perfectly well. Of course, there was the time when he sold him a horse and told him it was only six years old, when it was really twelve. Now, it's all over, and we all live in simple peace and harmony. Really, twelve years old. It was six. Traditions, traditions. Without our traditions, our lives would be as shaky as, as, as a fiddler on the roof. credits. <laughs> Tradition, right? Traditions. We live in a time where traditions seem to be disappearing. A, a time where roles of what used to be the, the roles that were absolutely expected of a woman or a man or a child have just shifted in so many ways. And research continues to say that it's been a confusing time for our children, particularly, because there are no more kind of clear roles or distinctions in some of these things. That may not be a bad thing, but it just says we have to have something upon which we can hold to continue to stay rooted. Wesley used tradition as that second key element for one singular reason, that the purpose of tradition in a church or in a Christian community is singularly so that those traditions can help us go back and continue to stay focused on a relationship with God, to experience God, to study God and God's intent. Every tradition in the church must be focused there, he said. And so the question that I have this morning is, do they? The other traditions, which are secondary but equally as important, are those traditions of opportunities to continue to get to know each other, hold each other up, pray for each other, encourage each other in the midst of this community. And we have those kinds of traditions in the church as well. But so how are you doing on your traditions? 
Are your traditions, our traditions, intentionally focused on making sure that at every juncture, at every time of year, including this time of Advent, including as we light candles, and as we sing songs and carols, do our traditions, in fact, continually point us toward a deeper relationship with our Creator, a deeper understanding of the One who is to come. And in the midst of all of that, do they, for each one of us personally, allow us to be a John the Baptist in the midst of our communities so that we can have the strength and the confidence to point toward Jesus? Do they? That's where we need to leave it this morning.